You're listening to Love of the Links Golf Radio with your host, PGA professional Brendan Elliott and the Little Linksers crew. All right, Love of the Links for the week of, (laughs) what's the date? Somebody help me. Week of Daylight Savings Time. 11th. The 11th of March. Anybody notice the guy was looking a little lighter last night? Yeah, it was weird. It seemed like later. Yeah, right? the sun yeah. stayed out later. Yeah, and it, it did. It was. It it's like was, seven o'clock. It was still light out. It was weird taking Austin to school this morning because the it was dark. <laughs> I, I will say this: my dog slept in this morning, which I'm appreciative of. That's good so, because the yeah. So for the week of March 11th, we are on the air. This is episode 12, which is means we've got some traction now. And I was just telling these guys before we recorded, which I probably should have been recording as we're starting to tell stories that we've gotten some emails people wanting to uh hear some more stories i think last week i had talked about my meeting arnold palmer yep i've got three arnold palmer stories i've met met him and talked to him three times but i I think that's something people enjoyed uh so for maybe not now as we start but as we get going maybe get into some i'll just maybe throw a question out there and well, it is good to hear uh, that we are getting emails back to people who are listening, they're enjoying. Yeah. And it's good if you guys do have thoughts and ideas of what you'd like to hear us talk about or mm-hmm. stuff that you enjoy, let us know. We're happy to uh, uh, to comply. We're always looking for new ideas. So. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and again, pass the word to your friends, too. But let's start with the tour. Uh, I had made a prediction that Rory and Fitzpatrick would go into a playoff. and Close? That was not even close. Was that about 11.30 Saturday night, or when did you make that, that was, prediction? That was 11.30 <laughs> Saturday night. I, I, I didn't see Rory <clears throat> shooting even hard, especially being the defending champ. I, I will take credit up. for this. Last Wednesday, one of our members of the club asked who was going to win, and I did predict Rory. Yeah. Felt yeah. pretty good about it, but obviously he couldn't putt yesterday. Yeah, he just... So weird. He's just struggles on Sundays. It seems like he he does so well. Let's say Thursday, Friday, and then he'll hold his own on say Saturday, and he just disappeared yesterday. It, and it, it it's weird because when he's at his best, it's the opposite. You know what I mean? Like he'll step on Come the gas on, on the weekend. Yeah, right. <clears throat> um, so I I thought he was starting to hit on all cylinders as as he moved into Sunday, and he just was flat. I mean, it's not like he's not placing well, but. Everybody's used to him winning. Yeah, I mean, a top ten's a top ten. People will take it, but I don't think a guy like him is content right. with. Not when he's playing in the final group. No, and he shoots sixty-five on Saturday. No, yeah. And what do you think about this Fitzpatrick kid? I I think he's Fitzpa. Yeah. <laughs> Did you go to Bay Hill? No. They had him up on the board. They couldn't fit his name. Fit his uh, <laughs> all day long. Who's Fitzpa? Who is this Fitzpa guy? He's a he's a good player. I talked to Tom, our buddy over in uh, the UK, and he said he's the real deal. He's did he play on the Ryder Cup team? Uh, was Fitzpatrick on the Ryder Cup? I might have been. There was somebody yesterday they yeah. were talking about one yeah, of the young yeah, kids yeah. on the Ryder and had the experience there. Yeah. Is it just me or does he look like Rory? He's got that that look, that nose, and I don't think I, I don't see Rory in him. But saying all Scottish people young. look alike. Is that what you're getting at? No. Okay. no. All Europeans look alike. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go. He's uh he he's he was some my prediction was Rory and Fitzpatrick in a playoff and Rory taking it. Mm-hmm. But who would have ever thought that Molinari would shoot a eight under on the final day? I mean they they were struggling this week. I would say it wasn't an easy day for many yesterday. Well so. Mitchell started out early. He put out that early, got hot early, he put yeah. out a score. Mm-hmm. 
And if you did look at the leaderboard, most of the leaders were all under par with the exception of Rory. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, he was on the 15th, 16th hole. He was even par at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still, there was not much wind. Um, the greens did dry out and obviously got a little bit faster as far as holding and stuff like that. But there was scores to be made out there. Some of those guys were, were able to put it in. Did you see that kid long yeah. drive the... Uh, yeah, they said it bounced off the um, cart path to get there, but he drove the su- greenside bunker on ten. Wow! Yeah, That's and then impressive. chipped in. <laughs> and then oh, he chipped made it two. He yeah, made the he two. made it two. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Ten's always been a hard hole to me. I've always thought that ten was pretty hard. It's a it's a very demanding tee shot for those guys. For us, it's a demanding approach shot, but for them, it's <laughs> actually I think it's more of a strategic tee shot. You saw Rory and some of the other long hitters using irons on there, mm-hmm. um, and even <clears throat> even the guy who had the pleasure proaming for on past Monday, he used like his hybrid mm-hmm. thought being is two thirty, two forty, take the bunkers out of play. Yeah. You're middle of the fairway. It's not a super long shot in from there. And, you know, sometimes a lot of players just overthink it and try to take off too much or be too much of a hero versus get to the fairway and get to your wedge. You right. you caddied on Monday? Uh, previous Monday, yeah, we could go Monday. Uh, who'd you have in your group? Uh, it was Rod Perry. Nice. Was Rod's our, a good was guy. Pro, yeah, super good guy. Yeah, and it was funny because really he had guy. the connection with the Golf Academy and knew some of the guys. And his swing coach was Nick Frontero. Yeah. <laughs> so we were making the turn. We started on four. Uh, the reason I got... His bag was he didn't realize he needed a caddy for the event. Uh. So, and for those of you who don't know, on the Monday of the Arnold Palmer, they have a member pro fivesome that goes out. So the members bring associates, friends, whatever, and then they're assigned a pro or they draft a pro, I guess, that do the night before. And fortunately, they do need caddies for that. So there's volunteers through the academy and a lot of other avenues. Uh, it was great. So a lot of guys I hadn't seen in a while mm-hmm. there. Um, but they started us on four. Uh, it's a shotgun start, and when we got to the turn, Rod didn't realize he needed a caddy. He thought it was carts, and he blah, 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 and his caddy was flying in, and he wasn't going to get there. So Rod had his staff bag, which was a little awkward to carry, to say the least. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield. Um, yeah, I, I actually felt like um, uh, the little kid that tried to pick up his bag and was spinning around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me get that for you. No, no, I got it, really. Um, when we made the turn, we hit 10. That's where Nick joined us, and his caddy had gotten in by that time, so they walked with us through the last 11, 12 holes and all. It was a great day, oh, awesome nice. day, fantastic. Out Rod, there. Rod's one of the really nice people in golf. I mean, I've known Rod for... Couldn't have, nicer. Time. And Couldn't have been nicer. Great player, too. Very yeah. good. Hey, I tell you what. And they had him hitting at the pro tee. Yeah. And those tees are way back. For oh, those yeah. of you at home, when you're watching these guys hit and you're seeing them pasted at 350 or 320 and they're in the fairway in great position, blah, blah, blah. This guy is a pro professional golfer. And he hits around 260, 265 or so is what he carries. He can maybe, maybe step on it a little more. That fourth hole was playing a little bit uphill. They'd move those tees way back. It was playing mm-hmm. into the wind. He smokes his drive, and we walk up, and it looked like one of us 
hitting their drive, <laughs> thinking you get all of it, and you're barely on the front of the fairway. It was that's the. I think that's the only thing that separates Rod from being able to play at that next level on a consistent basis. He's had he's he's won the the PJ National Championship a couple times. Yeah. Um, really good PGA professional player, mm-hmm. but I really think there's a huge misconception amongst uh, amateur golfers, golf golf fans, that. PGA pros or instructors um, can can hang with the guys on tour, and it's right. it's night and day. Oh, some yeah. of them, some of them might be able to hang. I mean, but but even Rod, as good as a yep. PGA professional player as he is, he is, he lacks right exactly what you said. Distance. He lacks the distance. Now his his accuracy is very good. Yeah, um, it was funny because I was looking at his giant staff bag and going through. He just take whatever out you want. He goes, those golf balls, I need two golf balls, that's it. Because I don't lose golf balls. Mm-hmm. I hit it straight, which he did. Um, but again, <clears throat> hitting a, a two hybrid 240 yards into the ninth hole after piping a perfect drive <laughs> right, right. is a lot different than seeing these pro guys, you know, pulling out an 8-iron or a 9-iron or, right. or watching Rory yesterday on the 16th par 5 hole hitting 150 yards into the green on a second shot. Unbelievable. You know, that's a little bit different than the average golfer, and even for a man who is a professional golfer, you know, losing those 40, 50, 80 yards, whatever it may be. I'm glad you brought up that hole because, to, to me, that's always been a pivotal hole. Uh, in that's Tiger. Yeah, but it's it's a sh- very, very, by, by standards of the tour nowadays, very short par five. It's a short par five for us. Um, yeah, it's I'm, pretty dangerous though. I'm trying to think if I even recall any of the guys laying up. Um, no. You know, unless they were no. in trouble, right? In the trees on the right, or maybe a bunk. Even some of the guys from the bunker were still going for wow. it mm-hmm. on their second shot. You know, that is a crosswater. Right. It's not, it's not long water. It is a crosswater. Yesterday the pin was in front, and there was a lot of shots that were just landing on the front. Yeah, you know, giving guys good chances. The Eagles didn't see too many go in, but uh, greens were firm. Probably the firmest yeah. they've been in an awful long time. The, the course was in fabulous shape, and yeah. again, being really fortunate to walk inside, the, literally walk the course, mm-hmm. um, see it top to bottom, a fantastic shape. Right. And when I walked across the driving range, the driving range is as firm as most greens that you and I will play. Wow. I was amazed yeah. at him walking across, going, is this like a rug over concrete? It was just, I mean, this is the driving range is in that great of shape. What did, Faraday said something on the on the telecast. That it, it, it's like pulling fine felt over a table. That's what, kind of what it felt like. <laughs> it was almost like, you know, an AstroTurf carpeting yeah, type yeah. of, I mean, it was that type of firm yeah. on a driving range. That's not even the main part of the course. Right. And, of course, they're they're... Putting warm up area, uh, you know, which the show on on morning drive and the pregame shows and all that stuff. I mean, again, super, super smooth, mm-hmm. huge. Got that big clock in the middle. I mean, just it's a, it's, it's fabulous. I, I didn't get down place. there. Jordan and I were talking about that last week. You were thinking of maybe going Thursday. I I didn't get down there, but it. I like some of the things that I saw from the standpoint of the experience that they offer to the fans. The, the big, uh, what is, I think they called it the experience, Arnold Palmer the Arnold Palmer experience, experience. Oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> showing the movies inside right. and stuff, right. and and uh, just it, it's it's a classy event. 
And, yeah. and that's why why it's one of the, they, they were talking about three of the elevated tour events, which is Memorial, mm-hmm. Arnold Palmer, and now the uh, Genesis um, for, for Tiger's event. So right. it carries more weight, and it's part of this uh, Open Series. So, for example, Mitchell, mm-hmm. I don't even think he knew, but he got into the Open Championship uh, because of how he, how he finished last week and then combined with this week. So mm-hmm. it's a... Uh, and in Arnie, you can't you can't say anything that hasn't been said about him. Um, but the vibe I've always gotten from going to Bay Hill has just mm-hmm. been oh. super like I get chills. Yeah, but at the same time, it's real casual. Oh. You feel like mm-hmm. at home when you're there. There's no um, no presumptuousness. Nothing. No, no. There's plenty of room to walk around. Uh, even the neighbors, you know, that are that line the courses and houses, you see people having a parties or friends over or mm-hmm. setting up uh, concession tables or selling right. waters and chips out of their backyard. Uh, one guy around 15, he had actually erected a platform out there or rented a platform. He had some tables and chairs sitting and people were sitting up there watching the bend on 15, kind of <laughs> overlooking cool things. Awesome. Um, you know, you get to 16 and 17 in the back behind 16 there. People all are all out. Uh, hanging out by their pool, but with their their chairs faced toward right. the mm-hmm. course, and just kind of kind of getting the vibe of it. And everybody inside, super nice, super friendly, um, just a, a fabulous weekend, fabulous, fabulous event. Really. So you yeah. got out there yesterday. Uh, I was out there on Saturday. Saturday, Saturday. I was out there on Saturday. And you caddied so, on Monday. And I caddied on Monday. Yep. I I'm seeing more of this type of setup at tour events to make it an experience. And I, and I think, you know, I was listening to Michael Breed's show on Sirius XM the other day, and they were talking about what is a golfer. And people were calling in, and a lot of people were like, a, a golfer is someone that's serious about the game and, and passionate. And, and then some people were just saying it's somebody that's passionate about golf, and they don't even necessarily have to play all that much. Mm-hmm. And I was getting kind of annoyed with the people that were saying, that you have to be a scratch golfer or practice all the time. No, not, People's not definitions of what a golfer is is just out there. So, what do you what do you consider a golfer? I would consider a golfer just somebody that enjoys to play the game. Whether it can be competitively, but it doesn't have to be. Just getting out to the course, enjoying the time on the course, whether it be alone with friends, mm-hmm. and just enjoying enjoying the game as a whole, enjoying. The scenery on the course, enjoying those yes. aha moments that you have in your swing, and those, oh my God, I just made that chip shot. It's mm-hmm. just having that appreciation for the game and enjoying every minute while you're experiencing yeah. the game. Yeah. You don't have to be good at it to be a golfer. No, and, and it's a camaraderie going out with your friends, it's going to new courses, new locations, um, you know, <clears throat> having the opportunity to work on the other side of it. It's welcoming when people come play your course. Mm-hmm. You want to show off your best, you want to have a good experience, you want to share stories, of course, local knowledge, uh, and experiencing that and going out to playing different places. It, that's what got me back into the game. We were talking earlier about you know, our start and do we play high school and stuff like that. And, you know, played it casually growing up through high school, kind of gave it up around college and after that when I started doing, you know, working and stuff. But as I got older, I got back into the game and it was really a friend's bachelor party. And we were going back to our local golf yeah. course uh, that I grew up playing on. Our parents used to drop us off in the morning, you know, pick yep. us up in the afternoon. And, you know, there was whatever it was, 20, 28 guys, 30 guys. 
and went out and smoking cigars and having a couple beers. And I remember sitting at one of the holes, like waiting and just looking around and going, oh my gosh, this is, this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like this is an excuse to be outside. You have a set period of time where you don't have to be somewhere. You don't have to run off. Hey, I got to go take care of this. You're going to be here for this period of time. And you're hanging out with your friends and you're, you're enjoying it. And yes, you do. Feels good when you make the good shot, and you, you know, you, you curse yourself when you make the bad shots. But the backside of it is, you finish the day, and you say, "Wow, that was a great day. It was right. a day well spent." Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's to me, those folks that go to a TPC Sawgrass and watch the players, or go to Bay Hill, and they're just soaking up the experience. Yeah. I would even categorize them as maybe not as a golfer per se yeah, playing the game but they're golf enthusiasts, enthusiasts yep. yeah and, and they, I, they can appreciate it yeah. yeah and so from the business side i think that we we don't pay attention enough to the golf enthusiasts because they are just as important in my mind as the people that play the game well and, and think about being here in florida where you've got golf course is embedded in a lot of communities exactly and yeah. even folks that aren't playing or don't never played the fact that they're choosing to live on a golf course or in a golf community um you know shows that they appreciate well obviously it's home value associated but the beauty of it the serenity of right. it the you know it just it adds that you don't have to worry about your neighbors being right on top of you it gives you some room it gives mm-hmm. you places to walk your dogs or ride your bikes and it's not that we encourage that but <laughs> Um, you know, it's really, I think that's a big part of it, and, and you know, folks who go to the tournaments, it's just beautiful. It's mm-hmm. beautiful to walk the course, and other, and again, everybody couldn't be in a better mood. I didn't hear anybody, bad words, talking, everybody is just happy and, right. and enjoying it, yeah. Yeah, and it's, uh, I know for me living on a golf course now, it you appreciate the golf course even more when it's sure. something that you look at every yeah. single day. I think sometimes golf professionals or instructors take for granted the uh, the fact that they get to live this and breathe this and share those experiences with, with their customers. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. I mean, being that you live over at the golf course, I, I still light up every time I come to visit and get to drive down the by 10. Like, I, yeah. I just love that view yeah. going down by 10. Yeah. And it, every time. It doesn't matter if I've played this course or driven by it hundreds of times. It just I, I tend to relax and just kind of I look around and I look at all the golfers around and it's just it's nice to see. It's funny when I, when I was a kid, um, big amusement park fan, mm-hmm. and you know like when you're a kid and you drive past it. If you're not going to the amusement park or a yeah. carnival and you see the rides and you see the lights right. and, you, and you look in and oh my gosh and you get all of that and that's like how, that's how, it, with, yep. how I feel with the golf course. Whenever I drive through a golf community, mm-hmm. I suppose I'm going to go play somewhere. As soon as I start making a turn, I'm going, oh look at that hole over there. Wow, that looks pretty good. And then kind of going down, right. like, oh look at that one. And again, even if I'm not playing it or passing it, um, you just get that excitement when you see. I remember rolling. Driving through Rolling Hills, you start picking yeah. yourself, which is a golf course that is closed yes. <laughs> here in Florida. And I was taking a back road home one day, and all of a sudden, I'm just looking like, "Wow, this would be a great place for a golf course." Look at all, <laughs> and then you know, at some point, I figured out, "Hey, this was a golf course," and even just right. the fact that you've got it laid out with the you know the the, the 
the way it's routed and, and just this and that and was imagining the, how you play certain holes that was the golf course where i passed my player ability test really oh, wow interesting yeah, yeah. and you decided it was too easy after that That's why they <laughs> down, or? well I, I won't tell you how many times i played a pat <laughs> there but i finally passed my pat there okay. which kind of leads me to uh an email that I got from a, a gentleman that's... Is cons- it an email from listener? No. Well, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, actually it is. <laughs> nice. But he's considering getting lessons uh, for his for his son with me. And it really came from him listening to the podcast. Interesting. He, his son plays in our tournaments, a couple of our tournaments. And he, he said he, he was one of the ones that said he likes the storytelling and like seeing our perspective on things being that we live and breathe this. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but it was interesting. I got an email from him this morning... Uh, talking about him and I getting together with his son so we can kind of get on the golf course, play a little yep. bit, and and really find out, you know, what type of people each other are. Um, if it were a match, his son mm-hmm. and I for, for doing lessons. And he, he was never seen me hit a golf ball, but he's just assuming. I've never seen you hit a golf ball either, so <laughs> look at <ahead. laughs> he, But he's, he, he's making that, that assumption that I think a lot of amateurs do that – because I wear this logo or because you work as an assistant mm-hmm. professional or you work as an instructor, that he wants his son to see me hit a golf ball crisp and pure. Yeah. And I almost like went like this and yeah. cringe because yeah. I don't know if I'm going to hit one crisp right, and pure. Right, right. So do you, think, do you think the business has evolved so, so much that the amateurs still think that people that wear this or work in the industry play as much as we would like to play and two do they think that we're just automatically good players yeah uh i i feel like as soon as somebody asks what i do and i tell them i'm a golf instructor they mm-hmm. immediately ask me what what my handicap is mm-hmm. they, they automatically think that i'm gonna have a low handicap you say putting <laughs> <laughs> touché, touché. <laughs> yeah, yeah. they automatically think that we're, we're gonna be good and I mean, can we be good? Yes, yeah. but are we gonna hit it perfect every time? No. Yeah. But so it, I'm, a li- I'm a little nervous going <laughs> playing because uh, the, you're gonna start practicing a little before you get I, out there. I, I think I might have to. Well, I think I think there's different levels. Listen, we are surrounded by golf all right. the time, and right. naturally, therefore, you're surrounded by people who play golf. And even if they're, you know, 20 handicaps or have only been playing for a year, they're still around the game and right. they're still playing. And yes, right. and then on top of that, you do have a lot of very good players that we are surrounded with. So you forget mm-hmm. that that's a very small part of the population. Right. And then, yes, when I would play you know, play or talk golf with friends or people that don't really play very often or play twice a year, you know, they're impressed with your 83. Right. They're impressed with you sticking the green from 170. I had a friend that was impressed with the fact that my ball actually curved a little bit <laughs> and started to the side. Oh, my gosh, you got a beautiful draw. Actually, it's a fade at the time. but um, So you, you forget some of that stuff. So yeah. these guys, um, you know, are you going to go out every single time and shoot, you know, 72 or 68? No, no. the professionals shoot 78, the professionals. Yeah. But you will, during the round, show at some point, Hey, it's in you, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you'll make that shot. You'll mm-hmm. rope a couple drives. You'll sink a twenty-five foot putt. Because yeah. un- unfortunately, or fortunately, Maybe however you want to look at it, um, I hit a long putt the last time I was oh, in. Nice. Uh, putting is the only thing that I have, so right. not hitting the ball. Not <laughs> Although that scramble we played in, I hit the ball fairly well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also think about it too. Is it, uh, 
sometimes your best golf is your most boring golf. True. true. I mean, I hit it. You know, listen. If you're not playing 7,200 yards and you're playing appropriate tees, now, hey, I'm going to hit a 230, 240, 250 yard drive down the middle, 11 out of 14 times. Mm-hmm. You know, the other three times, it's going to be a little right or a little left. I'm going to take my next shot. I'm going to put it somewhere on the green or somewhere around the green, and then from there, in two shots, I'm going to get down. Yep. And next thing you know, you know, after nine holes, you get seven <clears> pars and two bogeys, and someone's going to look at you and go, "Wow, that's didn't really look like you were doing a whole lot there." So, so what's you? I, I think that's myself every time that happens to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're making the turn, and I'm two over. Yeah. I felt like I played like I felt like I played terrible. Right. But you you just you don't even realize you're making these pars, just yeah. getting up and down, and. All of a sudden, you're halfway through the round, and you're actually playing pretty well. Well, and I think a lot of that is expectations, too, as you get better and better. True. Uh, True. I found yeah, myself yeah, yeah, a couple definitely. years ago realizing I had reached another plateau because I was getting angry on my approach shots that I wasn't sticking it right near the green. And after about the third or fourth time doing it, I actually got up, to, and my friend looked at me and goes, you're on the green. What are you? I'm like, you're right. Like, I'm thinking I should be next to the hole. next to the whole good birdie opportunities. But in fact, I'm you know 20 feet away, but pin high or side or on the line and behind. It's still on in regulation, and you know. I think kind of what may separate prof- golf professionals, not PGA Tour professionals, is that we know how to play the game, which is different than you know mm-hmm. execution. The guys on tour can do both. Right. They they from a technical standpoint and from playing the game. We, on the other hand, may not have the technical aspects down, obviously, as good as those guys do. But from the playing standpoint, just like you said, you may think you're going around just hacking the crap out of it all day long. And then you look at the scorecard at the turn, and it's a 41, a 40, a 38, 36. So there's a big difference between playing the game and being able to... Uh, from a technical standpoint, mm-hmm. be on be on plane coming down and and perfect in impact and 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 I think that's where we shine over others over amateurs. Well, there's, right. there's definitely a knowing how to play the game. Yeah, uh, when you do play with somebody who's a twenty handicap or something like that, there's a reason why. And part of it is you're you're watching them and you're like, why are you doing yeah. that? Decisions. I'm the yeah. looking decision at this making. decision you're making here, and I'm like, what do you? You're 250 yard out, and you've got a three wood in your hand that you could hit 200 at best. Right. And you're putting water and a bunker in play. Mm-hmm. What? Yep. Where you and I would see a ball, and immediately someone, oh, you got a bear. I'm like, I know what I'm doing here. Right. I know my play. Yep. Yeah. Let's uh, let's switch gears for a second because there was a there was an event uh, this weekend, uh, Symmetra Tour. Did you caddy at any of the Symmetra tours no. that they had at Legacy? Did not. Or not Legacy, Alco Lakes. Anyway, Symmetra tour, for those that don't know, it's kind of the rookie league, minor league of the LPGA tour. Yeah. The girls typically don't play for all that much money. Mm-hmm. Um, they're staying as guests in homes of people that live in the local area. Um, it's, it's not an easy living, but it's all for making it good enough on that tour to get to the next Jump step. Um, so they had a, a tournament, the Sky Eye Golf Championship down in uh, Northport, just south of Sarasota, mm-hmm. at, um, a course that a friend of mine, I think Rich Smith spoke at GAA yeah. when, you, when you were there. He was the former executive director. Uh, they had a sponsor's invite this week to, uh, for a young lady named Alexa Pano. She was a star in the movie The Short Game. I know you saw that, yep. which was many years ago, uh, but that's where her fame came I from. I saw The Big Short. 
Yeah. Different, different movie. Different movie. Okay. Yeah, different movie. Yeah. And uh, she's she's a superstar. You know, fourteen year old now who just wow. happens to be six foot tall, which is like ridiculous for a fourteen. Sure, she's fourteen. Hits the ball two sixty, two seventy. What? So anyway, she she was going into Sunday tied for the lead mm-hmm. in a Symmetra tour. Would you call her a prodigy? I would say that she is a prodigy. Okay. Yeah, but it was it was cool to, and Rich is a friend of mine, and 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 they started this company, Sky Golf, to really enhance the golf experience, help clubs become better. Mm-hmm. But they they had signed on with the LPJ Tour, Symmetra Tour, to host this event, first year event, highest purse they've ever played for, two hundred fifty thousand dollar purse. Which for the for the yeah. the girls that play this, that's, that's considerable. I think the first place check was like thirty one thousand and change. And uh, these girls have sponsors. Some, some do, do, some, some don't. don't. Okay. Um, they can play. I mean, yeah. twelve under one. Right. Um, but uh, unfortunately for Alexa Pano, she she shot one over on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so she she faded a little bit. It was okay. still a T eight, I believe. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's focus on that for a minute. The there's a lot of kids that are super elite players out there and you sometimes wonder what in our sport at least what's the right direction for those types of kids to go is it going to college playing collegiately or which is different with golf like tennis tennis is the same type of way if if you're really good as a 13 14 15 year old Mm -hmm. do you forego the college experience or do you right. chase the opportunities? And, and the tour has put some regulations in place on minimum age and mm-hmm. things like that, especially the LPGA Tour. Michelle, we kind of changed all that right. for them, Lexi Thompson, Brooks Henderson. Um, so what, what do you guys think on a direction for a really proven, solid junior golfer, female or male? What's the right direction for them to go? I mean, I, I think it's probably more so a case-by-case basis. Sure. Um, I think college would be a good stepping stone for the competitive aspect, mm-hmm. um, getting used to those big moments and stuff like that in right. different tournaments. And even though golf is an individual sport, it's having the pressure of being there for your team as well in mm-hmm. college, mm-hmm. Um, which can help when you have pressure in single events on the next stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that if the junior is playing in the right events as a junior that they'll get that experience anyway mm-hmm. so it, it really does just depend on a case-by-case basis at least to me would you agree case uh, by case for sure well case by case for sure because uh if you're going into a sport like tennis or golf you're not afraid of being an individual right yeah. you know it's not you're not looking for a team and some kids gravitate more towards that or do better in those situations to answer your question i think it comes down to coaching I think I think it's getting yeah. to the spot that gives you the best coaching. Uh, tons of kids, tons of people have <clears throat> worlds of potential. It's who can get that potential out of you, and it's not just making you a better golfer, as we alluded to just before. You can have all the tools, but maybe you don't have the right mental makeup. Maybe you're too emotional. Maybe <clears throat> maybe you're too. Uh, down, you know, you make a mistake, it just beats on you, blah, blah, blah. So the, the, where you get the coaching from, and you see a lot of it is parents, kids, um, not always the best because yeah. they've got to leave and they've got to separate. Uh, you know, you've got to take away from that because somebody don't take that direction or you have 
uh, other things that you carry to the course with you. Mm -hmm. But I think that to make that decision as a youngster, where are you going to get that coach? How are you going to develop? Because um, <clears throat> talent is great, but that talent <clears throat> alone is not going to win you. That needs to be developed. It needs to be nurtured. It needs to be refined. And, you know, where can you get that from? That's a, that's a really good point because, you know, I see different dynamics with all, all the different students I work with privately. Uh, uh, Wayne, Wayne uh, Talski, his son Noah, Wayne's a really good golfer. Uh, and you would think that a, a father that's a single-digit handicapper mm -hmm. that really knows the game would be more <clears throat> involved in the process. Right. But he's made a conscious decision Same to way. be dad yeah. and stay away and let – whoever he's paying to coach the kid mm -hmm. do his thing. So right. when he comes up here for lessons on Sunday, Wayne stays up here and chips and putts yeah. as we go to the back and work on the swing. And well, and th th there's part of that, too, is you can't have two coaches, no. which you see all the time, yeah. where if you're, you're telling your kid something and the mother or the dad's behind you mouthing this or saying that. It's one thing to say, here's what we worked on. You saw it. Make sure they practice it like this versus mm – -hmm you know, you get that other influence. But the flip side is he's just kind of saying, you know what? I trust I'm, you. I'm paying for a coach, and I'll help him emotionally. I'll help him, hey, what'd you learn today? Hey, right. you did this. How do you feel? Kind of the uh, maturing side of it, but the technical side, you leave that to someone else. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and if he has anything to say from a technical standpoint, he'll keep that between him and I. Correct. And it's nothing that the that the the student can see. I think that's an awful thing to do to that relationship between a coach and the student and the parent is to the parent second guess you in front yes, of the student. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh sure. Yeah, and that and that, that and that happens all the time too. Look, I, I said something on uh, that first uh, video vlog or whatever th that I did the other day and started doing that. It's a process, and I know you heard this to death at the GAA, but it really is a process. If you're going to commit to trying to get better at this game, you, you can't day one think that on day two all your problems are going to be solved after mm -hmm. that initial lesson. Or you can't think because you do it once it's going to repeat yeah, every time. Yeah, because right? yeah. it, it's too complex of a game, and there's too many dynamics that, mm -hmm. that go way beyond, like we were talking about before, go way beyond the technical aspects. And it's, it's the temperament, especially for a kid that's all over the map emotionally. Um, but it's the playing of the game. And, and literally, it's a game that you can play for a lifetime, but you'll never master it. it, it right. It's going to be a process. You'll have your days. Right. Sure. Through, yeah, through we all do. Your whole life in golf, it's going to be a process. Because, like you said, you were watching me last week on the range. Mm -hmm. And I was struggling. But, like, we've played a couple times recently, and I've shot pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. There's days where you're going to have that swing, and there's days where you're not going to know what's going on. And it's just sticking to the process and getting back to different basics and getting back into that process to keep it there. Well, and that's where good coaching comes in. Is It gives you that base and that, hey, all of a sudden I'm leaving my ball out. That's not my swing. Let's get back to the turn, what my coach told me, get back to the base. Uh, and, again, that's where kind of the parents can help in that sense of, hey, remember what your coach told you. Hey, remember you were practicing this the other day, blah, blah, blah. Not, hey, let me take a look at you. Let me kind right. of move you around. There's nothing worse. There's two things that, that coaches hate. It's when you work on something one week 
You give them things to do throughout the week. You meet the next week. And they haven't practiced. And they haven't practiced. You mean like my piano teacher? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you played piano? As a kid, yeah. yeah. Played a piano in the house. Nice, yeah. nice. But they, they you just, like a, just like a golf coach, they could tell if you, from one week to the next, actually practiced. Or if you just took the lesson and as soon as they left, you played for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you didn't touch it again until the following week. And the, the second thing that at least frustrates me is if they are putting in the work, or putting in, I'm not going to say the work, but they're putting Some in work, work during they, the they week. They have to follow the instruction or when you... I, I use this thing, Coach Now, with, mm-hmm. with my kids, and, and they send me video throughout the week of stuff they're working on. And when I say stuff that they're working on, it's not necessarily the stuff that I ask them to work on. Look, some of these kids are going to watch this, and I don't want them to think that I'm not happy about their progress or or I don't you know, appreciate them as my students. But it is a little disheartening as a coach to say, here's the drills I want you to do for mm-hmm. this week, and there's a purpose behind this. Right. Trust me. And then you see what they're working on, and they weren't right. doing what we talked about the, the previous lesson. Right. And I don't think, I think it's, it's not, it's not, it's because they're young, and they, they can't see that there's a bigger picture that hey, we're working it's slowly It's not just towards. young, though. It happens across the board. Yeah, I don't work um, with a lot of adults anymore. You, we 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 spoke about this at um, at GAA. It's like you know you can practice all the time. Yeah, but there's a difference between good practice and and Just and practicing your same bad habits. Mm-hmm. And you know, last week I was happened to look out the window. I was watching one of the guys on the range, and just a horrible swing and. And hitting the ball and slamming its club, and I'm, I'm kind of looking at it and going, you know, what are you, what are you trying to accomplish here? What are you, what are you, what are you practicing? You're practicing really bad habits. Yeah. And you're not doing anything different than you did when you walked in. Um, but what you, you were just talking about with the kids and a great coach or a great teacher is, I'm not gonna give you the beautiful, full, extended swing, back swing. I'm going to give you a little drill that's going to work exactly. on a piece of it. Yeah. And if you work on that, all right, then next week we'll work on this. And the next week we'll work on that. And you'll build that swing and but, you'll build that repeatable. But that's hard. That's but hard. It's boring. For, it's hard for anybody, but let alone a kid who's instant, instant. And this Tiger Woods talks about it. Uh, he used to hate the stop drill. Yeah. Yep. He used to do, you know, here and then here. And here, and he said, you know, you watch interviews. He's, I hated it, but I had to do it for hours and for hours and for hours. And no, listen, he's obviously a different mentality and a different uh, uh, desired outcome there. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that drill, drills aren't meant to be easy and fun. And if you're going to change something, do something different, it will feel uncomfortable. Yep. It will, you know, you'll sit there and go, oh, I just want to swing away, you know, and maybe right. you swing one or two in there, but then you get back to your drill. Yeah. And there's a reason why you're doing it is to condition the body. Yeah, yeah. Well, final thoughts, because we're, this has been a, a good discussion. Hopefully. And I'm glad glad we got the, the video rolling, and it hasn't stopped halfway through like it did last right. week. Glad um, the time is right, too. Yeah. On the clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it? I was early for a minute. <laughs> we are live here in the river room, by the way. The river room. Um, it was a challenge to get here today, wasn't it, Gary? Dude, uh, my whole rhythm was thrown off when Wawa was closed. 
You went to Seven <laughs> Eleven. Well, it was interesting mm. because after Wawa was closed, I'm like, all right, what am I gonna do? And then I'm, let me go to Argos and I'll get something to go. And I'll get and I got in line. I said no. And then I turn around. And there's Wendy's. Then maybe they got bread. No, they don't have bread. So I'm like, oh, it was, I was completely. Taco Bell has breakfast. I don't use this word often, but I was flummoxed. <laughs> <laughs> That's today's word of the day. What's the definition? Well, just out of sorts. I didn't know what decision to make next. And part of it is not so much. T- it's you know what's on the way and do I want to really want to eat that or and you have your heart set I knew exactly you, you what knew I was going to do wanted. at Wawa I was, I was getting my muffin I was getting my iced coffee I have the app on my phone was up and ready to go and they're like not today so go find something else there I'm sorry I'm sorry you had to go through God, that on a here. Monday how do they do that to people um, any last thoughts Jordan selfish um, I just want to say Gary thanks for coming again today oh, pleasure, we always guys. appreciate it pleasure To our listeners, hope you enjoyed this episode. Keep reaching out to us. We enjoy hearing what you have to say, and we will see you next time. Yep, love of the links. Check us out on Facebook. Thanks, guys. Instagram, and send us an email, love of the links at gmail.com. Love of the links. (laughs) Oh, we have a YouTube channel now, too, by the way. What? Yeah, check it out. What's YouTube? Love of the links. (laughs) Is that a place you can post videos? It is. It is. is. Great idea. All right, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to Level Link. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Level Links or email us at levellinks at gmail.com.